May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Now, when they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this, The teacher needs it, and will send it back here immediately. Prepare ye the way of our God. Prepare ye the way of our God. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. Who's that? What are they doing? As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing, untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Who is this? who comes humbly on a colt while yet honored with the cloaks of others. Could it be the great teacher and prophet that others have spoken of? Prepare ye the way of our God. Many people spread their cloaks on the road. Come, let us join. And others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Quickly, find what you can. It's Jesus. It's really Jesus. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of God. Hosanna! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna! Let us go to see him. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Grab what you can quickly. Let us join in the joyful chorus. Well, if, uh, if you've been listening and watching very closely, you might have noticed that we celebrated Palm Sunday a little bit differently this year. <laughs> For those viewing at home who did not quite have a high-definition image, uh, we did not hand out palms this year, as is our normal tradition. In fact, we didn't hand out palms at all this Sunday morning. What a blasphemous thing to do. 
It says Palm Sunday right there on our bulletin. So why no palms? Could it be that with so much pandemic uncertainty, our staff simply forgot to put in orders for palms ahead of time? I'll never tell. Or perhaps we are feeling the sting of yet another global supply chain shortage. Palms, after all, do not grow in Minnesota in April. Or could it be that with all of the talk of divestment from fossil fuels, we simply didn't want to fly a non-native species halfway across the globe for a Sunday service here in a community that is striving to reduce its carbon footprint while restoring a native ecosystem. While any of those reasons do have merit, in truth, this was a choice our worship team made back, way back at the start of Lent, knowing that today's theme would be art in the midst of apathy, and a choice that was made with the hope, frankly, of just having some fun while connecting with the natural world that does grow around us. So what we have today is a bit of live art, or rather a live interpretation of our gospel story, that which we typically describe as Palm Sunday. What we have here are little branchlets from an eastern white pine tree near my house that had a branch fall off this winter, and all of these were just sitting around on the ground. So my daughter helped me pick them up a couple weeks ago. We let them dry off, and yes, we hid them under your seats. Oprah fans, you're welcome. You've had your moment. <laughs> and our youth and children last week actually, as a part of their Eco Club initiative, went out into our grounds and harvested some native perennial branches to, for their own um, celebration and processional. They decorated them last week and brought them in all for the sake of fun, all for the sake of connecting with what's growing us around us. But interestingly, and I'll confess, I did not remember this ahead of time, what we just did is actually a much more accurate reflection of our scripture. Mark's gospel, the earliest gospel, that which our gospel liturgy was based upon, describes the crowd throwing their cloaks on the road and then rushing out into the field, cutting leafy branches from whatever is around them, and then gathering back for an improvised processional. There's no mention of palms here. Not in Mark, not in Luke. We do see palms eventually mentioned in Matthew and John, the two latest Gospels, written for a very different audience. But what we have in our scripture this morning, the earliest Gospel instance, is a crowd caught up in the moment, spontaneously finding a way to celebrate with whatever is around them. Hence all of that wonderful, messy, spontaneous energy that we tried to share together this morning. I briefly envisioned trying to get all of us to charge out into the woods. And I remembered that the last time I preached, our service went over by about 25 minutes. And while nobody pointed that out to me, I knew it. <laughs> and so, yes, we did prepare ahead a bit. All in the hopes of being a part of a live, unfolding, artistic moment. 
Because in the actual first Palm Sunday story, that processional story, what we find is that Jesus is curating a communal moment. He's commissioning it in a way to try to showcase both the way of the gospel and a different way of being together as community. Jesus is doing something that purposely points towards another way. And in this case, in the case of our scripture, it's helpful to know that Jesus' processional was not the only processional coming into Jerusalem on Holy Week. Though it's not depicted here in our story, scholars of the historic Jesus note from Roman records and tradition that Pontius Pilate would have processed into the city just a few days ahead of Jesus. And in his case, it would have been a grand military processional, complete with Roman military might and war horses, all meant to convey the strength and the authority of the empire. It's against the backdrop of that processional that we find Jesus carefully planning his own with ritual and symbol designed to break through the status quo. It's a rather prophetic contrast that we, we often do hear about and name here on what's traditionally known as Palm Sunday. Jesus riding in on a colt or on a donkey, depending on which gospel you read. It's very different than the war horse imagery that one would think from someone who is riding in with power and authority. But Jesus is showing a different way. His way is the way of God. It is the way of the gospel. It is not rooted in violence and power over. It is rooted in power with. In that outswelling of the crowd that we see here. And so as Jesus' processional unfolds, what we find is not military might, but a spontaneous crowd grabbing whatever they can to prepare the way from one who is coming to showcase the gospel. Cloaks are thrown down, folks rush into the field, and this improvised Hosanna chorus breaks forth. This is powerful. This is powerful in the midst of Roman occupation and a carefully controlled status quo that tamed the religious movements of the time and brought scores of diverse communities into Roman subservancy. It is here that Jesus is shaking things up by showcasing another way. And doing so with live, unfolding public art, with improv, with spirituality that fuses with spontaneity and frankly looks like something that was just a whole lot of fun. Jesus was purposely about shaking up the status quo, often in nonviolent ways, in communal ways, or simply by teaching the gospel. It's one of the reasons that he loved parables so much. What parables do is set up an expectation and then reverse it to showcase a deeper truth or a deeper meaning. And here, what is set up is a powerful processional by Pilate ahead of time, and then Jesus showing, all right, I see your powerful processional. How about this? 
This is the power of the people coming together. This is the power of joy, of art, of spontaneity. And again, it is not a power over. It is a power with and through and for the people that is grounded and guided by the gospel. Friends, we, we who love Jesus or the teachings of Jesus or the rituals of the church, we do well to remind ourselves from time to time that this creative process of creating rituals, it's often as powerful as the very rituals themselves. And sometimes it can be even more so. We're doing Palm Sunday in a very different way this year. I miss the palms. My branch here is a, a little bit sappy and sticky. I hope yours are not too much. But what we find, and what I hope we gain this morning, is a new way to enter the story, where we're concentrating not on the what, in the case of a palm, but on the why, and the energy, and the co-creation, the spontaneity. You see, we, as church people, we are heirs of wonderful art, and music, and liturgy, and rituals, and traditions, but we are also the heirs of those who made that art, of those who wrote those songs, those liturgies, who created those rituals and traditions. In the Presbyterian Church, we often describe this as being people who are reformed and yet always reforming. We might describe it ourselves by saying we are those who sing the hymns, the liturgies, who worship as those who did on old, and yet who also create new ways of singing, of interpreting, of sharing, of praying. Sometimes we honor old rituals by sticking closely to them. Other times, we honor those rituals by entering into the spirit and being co-creators ourselves, even when what we find is a ritual embodied in a new way. That's what we're experimenting with this year. And if you've been with us throughout Lent, and you've probably heard me say at least once before that we are navigating this calling of ours in a world of deep change, and in a world in which a lot of institutions around us are beginning to decline, even the church. It may come to pass that a lot of the institutional rituals and rhythms, things that we have been used to our whole lives, no longer make quite as much sense. We might go back to using our fair trade palms next year. I like those palms. But it could come to pass that one day, a whole global industry of growing palms, chopping them up, flying them halfway around the world to churches like ours who can use them for Palm Sunday, it could come to pass that that infrastructure is no longer there or no longer viable. Today, this sermon and this service asks the question, what then? How do we adapt? How can we be spontaneous, improvisational? Interestingly, just that very challenge 
might give us the invitation that we need at times to enter our rituals a new way to discover what it looks like to embody the gospel here, the land on which we live and worship and grow. And so maybe what we find is pines, not palms, for this Sunday. Just as other cultures around the world celebrate communion, not with the big fluffy loaves of bread that we normally do here in a North American culture, but with tortillas, or with matzah, or with many other things. And when we are pushed to reinvent those rituals on the land that we live, in the culture that we move and operate, we might find ourselves a part of a new and different story. We might find ourselves walking home at the end of this service and seeing a palm branch, or a pine branch, <laughs> fluttering in the breeze and remembering the story of Jesus' celebration. A reminder that we wouldn't get today if it were a palm and not a pine in my hand. I say all this to simply name that we are still a part of the creating and moving spirit of God that guided that very moment so long ago, that guided the church throughout its history, and that is calling us forth and beyond even here and now still. And there may be times in which we have to let go of or adjust our rhythms and rituals, and sometimes that will feel like a loss or that may feel hard. And yet... If we, in turn, are invited into creating new rituals and art and symbols, if we are able to connect with our youth and our children and go out into the woods and talk about this story and find branches like they did and then parade them on inside, we may discover a different kind of joy and power that comes with these rituals. It's the joy and power of creating art that shakes up the status quo that connects us to the stories and new ways. And so here at the beginning of Holy Week, as we embark in this moment of celebration and move into Monday, Thursday, the pain of Good Friday, the unknown of Saturday, and then that joy of Easter, I hope that at each and every step of the way, we remind ourselves that we are not just sharing an age-old story. We're not just sharing a cherished ritual. We are striving to embody that story, to let that ritual shape us and change us and call us forth into new ways of being. Art in the midst of apathy, surprise and spontaneity in the midst of the status quo, spirituality, in the midst of the common structures around us. In short, we're called to be like Jesus and to always be seeking new and surprising ways that God may be calling us into the story of the gospel, into carrying the gospel out into our world, and into making sustaining creative connections that will shape and guide us and change us and help our children learn and grow along the way. So may this Holy Week be one filled with surprises 
And may we, together, as we continue to navigate and make our way out of this pandemic, may we continue to look out for that joy and spontaneity along the way. God is still moving, speaking, and shaking, and we could be a part of that joy. Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.